Hey everybody, welcome to Weekly Dish. Good morning, happy Saturday. I'm Stephanie Hansen. <laughs> We're just kind of making our way this morning in the studio. This is Stephanie March. We're just figuring it all out. Oh yes, yes. On a very um, what do you? What's your weather report? Well, it's chilly. <laughs> it's, it's crunchy. It feels like it's gonna be fine. I have to say, okay. First of all, I've been sick the whole week, have so you? there's that. Yes, again. And when the snowstorm was coming, I was like sure yeah whatever <laughs> like okay and i wasn't here for the last april snowstorm i was traveling yeah so i was just like that's whatever. true you yeah. Get, yeah that's true you get to like you get to have this because you were in mexico i think when I think I the was. last one went so yep. this one is for you hansen so it starts and i was like oh wow and then i woke up and it was really legit yeah. schools were canceled and I was so happy because I wasn't feeling awesome and I could just Gave cancel out of the day because yep. no one else could do the day either. Get caught up. Yeah. And it wasn't so bad because it's like, you know, it's the last. I, this is the thing. That's why that last year, April 18th was our big one last year. And I remember being like, well, I don't mind because it is a thing that is just going to get through. We're going to yeah. get through it. You know that it's the final. There's already You can already see the black on my driveway again. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's it's fine. I want to know, though, what's happening with the little tulip, green tulip they're fronds. They're fine. They've been frozen They'll be fine. Now. They're just getting watered, okay. if you think about it. Although, we, Lord knows we don't need very much more water. I mean, the greedy water in my neighborhood is, like, trying to get at the road again. It is really weird to, like, look out and have this gigantic snowstorm happening and then be getting weather alerts about flooding. I know. It just seems, it's like, like that's, incongruous. That's Minnesota spring, right? You know what is happening today, even there's a lot happening this weekend, but today is the home opener for the Minnesota United at Allianz Field. And I think it's so funny because as a soccer player, obviously, uh, this is great soccer weather. <laughs> but a lot of people were like, oh, do they play? It's open. They should have had a, a roof. And it's like, no, no, no. Soccer players play in the snow. They play in the mud. They play in the rain. They play in all of it. And isn't the... Like field probably heated or something, so it's grass. No, it's, it's not, real grass, but it's not. It's not going to be snowy grass. No, they've cleared it and they've you know mowed it and done all the things to it, so it's good. It's ready, but it's interesting. I have feelings okay. about this soccer stadium business. Yeah. On the one hand, I, I a it's beautiful. Yeah. I'm excited about it. Yeah. I think it could really do a lot for the area. Mm-hmm. I live on the other side of um, the south side of the stadium, a little bit further down. Yeah. Um, when you read about how they're expecting like the traffic to flow and yeah, the traffic to come, is an issue. It seems a little wistful, wishful, hopeful, hopeful that twenty thousand people, ten of them, will use public transportation no, in well, a city a, that we're not used to doing that very much. I don't know. Well, actually I think the soccer crowd is a little bit more That's what they said. Yeah. It is a little bit more alternative transportation friendly and they've noticed that when they had i was just talking to some of the guys and they were saying that when they were playing in other places you know besides blaine you know they would see uh you know when they played at the tcf stadium yeah they would sort of there's a lot of people who used you know and i feel alternative like alternative transportation i feel like that tcf stadium stop is pretty well traveled and well known the stop up by the stadium is a little less well traveled and there isn't like parking rides right there 
it's a lot more congested than... No, it's definitely going to be a cluster. I mean, I'm not saying it's not. I think it's... But they're all going to have to learn. And I want to be positive. Yeah. Like, I really do. I hope it all... And I'm sure they'll change whatever. It doesn't work. Right. This is the thing that walking around with during the food tour that we did this week with them, it was uh, really the thing I liked the most. Okay, so I've done tours... Okay, I'm sad. You went on a food tour. I bet it was awesome. It was awesome. We're going to talk about that. But the most... The important thing to get across is that it was... Walking around, so I've done tours, obviously, at the, you know, the previews at the Twin Stadium, and we've done the U.S. Bank Stadium, yes. and all this kind of stuff, where, you know, the MLB and the NFL, and everybody's like, they're all tightly buttoned up, and, you know, everything. I gotta say, walking around with the MLS soccer guys, and just sort of, they're all fresh and new, they are so excited to be there, they're just happy that they have a, that they're there, they're like, this journey right. has been so long, that they are beside themselves with excitement, but they are also very willing to admit they're not like it's nothing is perfect you know and they're saying you know what these fish and chips these aren't what we want them to be we're working to find a vendor to make them better and we're going to work on that and hopefully by the end of the season we'll have something different it was really fascinating to hear i think i was reading maybe i read your article i think about the way that soccer people eat yeah well i mean the fact that you can't do it in are you talking about like there's you have 45 minute you know 45 minute halves and you don't leave your seat yes yeah that's different in terms of think about baseball baseball people wander around they're like i'm not yeah. gonna miss anything and i go to a vikings game and well honestly i don't really watch the game i just wander the halls and yeah. look at the food so when you consider the fact that in a soccer stadium it's mostly beforehand you know everybody get kind of gets their stuff and they drink and then they sit down and you sit down for 45 minutes because you are watching the game and then you have a 15 minute halftime yeah so these vendors have to be able to like slap that food together in 15 minutes yeah. really and serve it yeah which is also why they don't have the only tap they have taps in specific areas they like have the taps in the brew hall but mostly they have cans because think of how long you sit in lines where they're like pouring frothy things yeah. and they're dumping the froth out and they're like oh and they're trying to figure yep. the tap out it's just crack a can hand it and go and so that's really smart too i think um, they probably have good recycling plans for oh, all those yeah. cans. Plenty sure. of them. Yeah. It's a really, you know what? It's a beautiful stadium. Here's the other thing I'm going to tell you is that what I super loved about the fact of walking around during this like tour of looking at all the food and talking about it all. Um, I mean, Bill McGuire was with us. Bill McGuire, who mm-hmm. is the owner of the United team Health and built Bill McGuire. Yeah. Built the stadium, you know, like, you know, just Bill McGuire. He's just walking around with us. It's not like Terry Ryan is ever walking around with us at any of the other stadiums or, you know, any of the other people. But it's it was just really nice because it really feels like a hometown effort. Right. I guess. And I'm going to tell you this. If you go get the Sambusas because you get somebody online was like saying because I had said, how do you not, you know, plow into a couple of those really flavorful boats? And they were like, well, that's, you know, for 12 bucks, it's a little bit rough. And I'm like, I don't know, man. You know, they were selling those chicken tenders in a cone at the Twin Stadium that were freaking ten dollars that I'm not paying for. But four huge lentil stuffed, flavorful pockets, lightly flaky fried sambusas. Yes. Yeah. Twelve bucks. Yes. And don't, let's not forget where you are, people. Well, I said part of it for me is like, right, I may not pay for, you know, a twelve dollar sambusa on the street, but this is ambiance. It's like this is the side, the sides that and everything else is the game. And lest I remind people, when you go to the movie theater, oh. you're spending 
$5.50 for 10 cups of popcorn. I yeah. mean, really, I know. if you're well, going to talk about... And that's the thing. is like you're either going to be... And, and granted, I am not going to pay for a seat at the Vikings game ever. Someone will have to give me a free ticket. I'm kind of like that to too, go. Steph. I'm never going to pay for that seat. But you would pay for a soccer ticket. Oh, 100%. But yeah. also, those are... But my point is also... So if I'm paying for a seat... At the Viking Stadium, which is like 150 bucks, versus and then and then having to pay yeah. 12 dollars for Sambusas, where I'm paying at the soccer stadium, it's like 30 bucks to get a seat. Yeah, or standing room only. You know, it's like that. I think I can weather that. That's okay. Did you get on your tour a scarf? And why do they say scarfs up? What scarves is that up. about? Scarves up. Just put on. Get your scarves on. Because that's like a support but thing. Why do soccer people wear scarves? Because it's it European. It is the it is the world's game. <laughs> okay, so. In other countries and around the world, like when you go to a soccer game, people are wearing the it's scarf. It's like your, yeah, it's it's more like, there's more about a scarf than it is about your, it's like your flag. Like you, it's like your flag. So they don't wear like a team well, t-shirt or a jersey. You know, they may wear a jersey, yeah. but it's like the scarves are the thing about soccer. I did you know, not know that. The world's game. So yeah. everybody keeps saying scarves up scarves and I kept up. thinking it was because it's Minnesota and it's outside. No. And then of course it snowed. Right. So I was like, woo, scarves no. up. No. The if, North. Yeah. <laughs> nope. If you go to the stadium, actually the stadium shop has like 25 different scarves kinds you can buy. Like different logos and emblems, yeah. and it's, they're very, very cool. I do love the name, the loons. The loons are great. I just and the loons, by the way, were they're migrating back, and they're like in south, the south, like Rochester area, and they're just circling on these ponds because they can't, they can't get north yet. There's yeah, they're stuck. Yeah, halfway. Well, there it is. Come it's, back, loonies. Come back, loonies. Well, it's going to be great, and I'm excited for the. I'm excited for that. I'm also excited for the fact that neighborhood has so much good food in it. On Twin yes. Cities Live yesterday, we did a little segment about food in the area. I mean, I really hope that Ons Thai Kitchen just gets like so much cash and money because it's right next to the stadium. I would take the light rail into the neighborhood. I would walk around and go eat at like Ons Thai Kitchen, you know, and uh, Fasika is over there too. Yeah, and I would just is it Ons or Ons? I don't know. I call it on. I love that place. Yeah. Whatever it is, you should go. They have yeah. the best whole fried fish. Yeah. We had a whole fried tilapia oh, on so uh, Twin Cities Live yesterday. But they have, to me, the papaya salad is the, the move you yep. need to make because it is spicy. It is light. It is flavorful. On Stay Kitchen. I was on uh, university at Ifa Sagan. Yeah. Which is also just, that place is a pho machine. Mm-hmm. And the kids that run it just their food is in and out they do an amazing job they have like a ramen place over there too yeah and it's good stuff is it really because yeah. jake I and can't i are... remember it's itchy something yeah we've eaten there yeah it's good. we're uh yeah i've noticed there's like three new little ramen shops that i've not tried so yeah they're we're good. on a summer tour it's no up. you know zen box it's different no but i it know is there's really good. definitely different levels yeah you know, so that's it's okay. the uh, University Avenue Eat Street level. It's get the in. quick go. Yeah. Click. And that's in Japan. They have those, too. It's like not everything is this super highly crafted. They've got train station ramen that you eat in five minutes. And oh, banh mi. The banh mi at IFA is amazing. Is too. it really? Oh. That's your favorite? It's not my I mean, it's my favorite. Pho, or pho. Yeah. I mean, I like non too. It's just different. Yeah. You know, there's like I want to just quick tuck into a bowl of soup because I'm not feeling so awesome and it's going to come quick and I don't have to look good. That the crew in there, whoa, like you're there with the St. Paul cops, you're there with the people that work on road construction, you're there with teachers, you're there with the people that are watching full on videos on their phone at full volume right next to you while you're oh, eating. God, love it. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. a crew. Hey, you guys, guess what? We have Rick Bayless coming, uh, calling in on the phone. Okay. And I need to sort of say that right now. For, I know. What? I know. So he's going to be calling 924. in. 
Well, uh, we also have Lori Bamer, the jelly bean lady who is about to give us her takes on hot stuff. But I just want to make sure that you stay tuned because we have a great show ahead of us. And it's Record Store Day. And it's Record Store Day. We get to talk about that, too. All right. You're listening to The Weekly Dish. We're going to go ahead and take a break and we'll be right back. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Weekly Dish. We just were informed that our guest, Lori Beamer, has never been in studio before. She's always called in. So it's so exciting to see you because, A, you brought jelly beans, and B, you're the expert. (laughs) I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. This is kind of cool. Kind of cool. That's kind of cool. Lori is a jelly bean expert, self-proclaimed, but legit. And I think I started following your jelly bean analysis when you could still see your friends on Facebook, the content you wanted to see Mm -hmm. about three years ago. And how long have you been doing it though? Uh, First recorded instance, it was in 2011. So eight years. (laughs) Wow. I love it. I've had a sweet tooth since I was a baby. Like it's in my baby book, 10 months old says da, da, da loves ice cream with like 50 exclamation marks. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. So I've always had a sweet tooth. Um, What was it always centered around jelly beans or do you have other candies that you obsess over too? I pretty much love anything put up by Willy Wonka. Yeah, um, like the gummies, the, the gummies, crazy flavors. the nerds, the gobstoppers. Yeah. Um, I love all those things. Uh, I kind of focused on jelly beans because, I don't know, it must have been 2011 or 2010. It just occurred to me that there's only one time a year where there's like an overabundance of jelly beans. And how do you know which ones to buy? And so I just started buying them all. And realize that there are some really terrible ones out there and some really yeah. good ones. So then I kind of just put myself on a quest to find the perfect jelly bean. And to chronicle it all. When you were little, did you like the movie Willy Wonka? I didn't see it until college. No. And it creeped me out <laughs> so bad. The, Slugworth? The boat in the river. It is yeah. a total trip. It oh is a complete and utter LSD trip, that I boat scene. No, my, It's the best I, I watched my ex-boyfriend's like, oh, blah, 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 Willy Wonka. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, have you never seen Willy Wonka? I'm like, I've never even heard of it. So he made me watch it. I couldn't sleep that night. Okay, that's <laughs> funny. It was creepy. That's oh funny. God. When you see it for the first time when you're 19 or something like that, it was... <laughs> <laughs> I just loved the the scene where they go into the, um, I guess, the factory and the Oompa Loompas and mm-hmm. all the candy and the mushroom where they stick their hand in there and it's like mushroom mm-hmm. cream. Yes. It just reminds me of lovely candy. The, um, yeah, the, the Oompa Loompas were definitely my favorite part. The songs that they sing. They're a little scary. The remake, the song is just not the same. <laughs> no, it's not. Now let's get to the jelly bean analysis. Mm-hmm. Um, every year you buy them, do you eat them all year round? And like, what are your favorites? Well, but that's the fun part of this is most of these jelly beans are only available. They're seasonal. They're yeah. seasonal. It's a they're, limited. They're an Easter only thing. Yeah. Uh, the perennial favorite are Starburst and those are available year round. Uh, the shine's kind of coming off those because of the law of diminishing returns. Like I still love them. They're a delicious bean, but I can get them anytime I want. So I get really excited for the ones that are only available in the spring. Right, right. Okay, so the Starburst bean, you have, do you have some in the bag there? I do. They are right here. And you can buy them year-round? Year-round, pretty much anywhere. Grocery stores, big box stores. Is there a color you like best? Pharmacy, pink. Just like the regular Starburst, the pink are the best. Strawberry. Um, my go-to, these are the Starburst ones uh-huh. you're saying? Yeah, my go-to here is a yellow and a pink mix. Ooh, yeah, so like I have to eat those together. Lemonade. Strawberry lemonade. <gasps> right now. Yep. You're a genius. This is my move and why 
all my jelly bean bags get hmm. completely adulterated because I Complete take brilliance. my little combinations and I farm mm-hmm. those first and then mm-hmm. everyone is just left up for whatever they That's get. That's pretty good. Yeah. yeah, it is good. I'm going with you on that. Yeah. So okay. then the, the two seasonals that are a perennial favorite, always in my Easter basket, are going to be the Nerds, although they went through a branding change. Yes. I was going to ask you I'm about I'm a little this. upset about that. Yeah. They're now also available year-round, although not as widely as Starburst. Right. Last year and all the years before, they were branded as... Um, Nerds Bumpy, uh-huh. and they had a green, which in Nerds World is watermelon. Mm-hmm. Um, I found them sometime this winter just on an end cap in a grocery store. Do you always look? I do. Yeah. When there's candy, I look for jelly beans. It's it's an obsession. Um, and now they've changed, and now they're just uh, Nerds Big Jellies, and the green is gone. So now it's just the pink, orange, yellow, and purple. And they're huh. still good. Okay. But I miss the, I miss the watermelon. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. And then, and then sweet tarts are my other seasonal favorites. Okay, so and these are the these nerds ones. bumpies. These that are, are the now nerds. called nerds big jelly. Something like that, I think. And then the Starburst. What were they're those? crunchy. The they're a little crunchy the on the outside, right? They are crunchy. There's yeah. a texture. The reason I go with those three every year is there's they're visually separate. Yeah. They're texturally separate. And the actual like fruit profile of them is always separate. They're really good. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I would never buy those, so thank you for introducing me to that. So my parents were stranded at my house for a day because their flight got canceled on Thursday with the weather. And um, I whipped out some jelly beans. My son really wanted some. And so my mom popped one in her mouth, one of the nerds bumpy. She's like, oh, no, I don't like that. 30 seconds later, she's like, you know what? Give me some more. <laughs> those yeah. are really good. Yeah. I changed my mind. That's a thing. So she, she hit the crunch and wasn't expecting the crunch. was yeah. like, nope. nope. And then she actually ate it and yeah. swallowed it. And the taste memory was like, oh, yeah, I need more. So, okay, talking I like about this bag. Which one is these? Oh, those are the sweet tarts. They have such pretty Easter yes, color. They're beautiful. They look like they'd be super cute in your basket. Mm-hmm. What do you, okay, so what makes a good jelly bean to you? What are your standards? Uh, my top bar standards are going to be a nice, thin, crunchy shell, mm-hmm. really soft jelly. Mm-hmm. It can't stick to your teeth. Oh. And the flavors have to be relatively true to what they're supposed to be. Okay. Um, oh, like it can't be. So orange needs to be orange and mm-hmm. green needs to be what? Watermelon, apple. Or apple. But the problem is most apple jelly beans are kind of nasty because they have that bitter aftertaste. Yeah. I was, however, recently informed that I'm a super taster. So I taste things that a lot of people don't. Oh. Um, how'd you figure that out? Well, I, I'm also a sommelier. So I do a lot of wine tastings and stuff like that. And I've always been really uh, particular in what I can pick out of wines. Um, but... Um, Stephanie Meyer on mm-hmm. um, um, I'm doing her project vibrancy meals yeah. and there are certain things that I just don't enjoy and she was like well it's very common for super tasters to not enjoy root vegetables because they're going to have that earthy flavor that dominates and I was like wow that makes sense yeah because huh. I've been told that I'm a super taster Who by wine reps a, yeah but they're wine reps yeah it's I know. kind of their job to they're, flatter to get a yeah. sale you'd think that there would be like a Test. I know. Well, and there's people who say that it's like, it's like a huge burden. Like, it's not like this awesome, like, like they say, there's a couple of people who are like, well, I don't get to ha- like love everything that everybody else loves because mm-hmm. there's so much more there that I'm tasting that you're not. And they're like, I know one guy who's like kind of sad about it. And I was like, I don't know, dude. Well, oh, there is a test. Oh, there really is? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm probably going to fail it. But it's and a life hacker, just so how legit is it? Stroking my own ego. No, but I think it's, I think it's like an amazing, and I think you're right. I think for wine people, it's, that is, 
kind of a gift because there's so much in wine that I think people don't see or mm-hmm. find, and yet you can totally find it. But it's even funnier that the, then it can apply to your jelly bean. Well, it, and for the most part, it's a big plus. But like I said, the apple jelly bean always tastes bitter to me. This, there's only two or three brands of jelly beans where the apple is actually a good thing, and Starburst is one of them. Are you thumbs up or thumbs down on the black jelly bean? I hate them. Oh, darn. I can't do it. I yeah. do like them. We're, I we're pro. Yeah, but that's, I just love that anise flavor. Perfect. I know, okay. but I like a little, but it's not like, like I can eat a whole handful of other jelly beans, but I can only do, you know, I'm not going to like go to town on the black jelly beans. Yeah. So. Yeah. Am also I, the jet black jelly beans versus black licorice, it to me is a different thing. Like I definitely love black licorice because it has a salty thing on the back, mm-hmm. but jelly beans don't tend to have that. Right. It's too sweet. Yeah. See, my dad is pro black jelly bean, but like you said, one day he went out and actually bought a bag of just black jelly beans. And couldn't eat them. Yeah. No. It was too much. Yeah. Yeah. You need to have them interspersed. They're like mm-hmm. a little treat or your kid goes through their basket and gives them all to you and then you can eat your black jelly beans. I just don't buy jelly beans that have black jelly beans. In them. <laughs> Where's your favorite place to <laughs> buy jelly beans before we wrap up? Because I find like Walgreens and some of the weird places has different selection mm-hmm. than your huge. I usually find the oddballs that I haven't tried before at the pharmacies. Um, but oh, for the most part, one. my place to buy is Target because I know they're going to have all three of my favorites. Um, I did find some Jelly Bellies, Krispy Kreme Jelly Bellies. They are gross. They are weird. They have a wax coating on them yeah. that mimics the oil aftertaste of a donut, and it's gross. It I it was too weird. much for me. I had those on Fox 9 the other day, and I was like, they, we're I, all kind of no, agreed. We're all like... They legit taste like Krispy Kremes, but it's the yeah. wax coating that sets them off as an ick. Okay. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, jelly bellies are they high on your list like jelly do you beans, like them yes i do i um i do like a jelly belly i go for more like the sours or the fruits only because yeah. there's nothing more disturbing to me than when you pop a handful of be- jelly beans in your mouth and all of a sudden you've got like the peach and the strawberry the savory See, and then there's the buttered popcorn yeah, yeah. i love a buttered popcorn jelly bean you are pro but i don't want them mixed in with my no. fruit no and, and for jelly bellies to me they are meant to be farmed like You're those are the ones one you, i go first i get all of the pink cotton candy ones out then i go for the tutti fruities and i go toasted marshmallow candy your flavor no but i in jelly beans maybe okay but like and then i go in like and i have like an entire like i have an entire metric for figuring them out mm-hmm. so because you're and right I you can't wanna, put that all i don't want to dig through 49 flavors no i know i i like five six flavors this is true uh speaking of there is a new bean this oh. year that is going to be in my easter basket and what is that it is the Oh, darn it. I just looked up the name. David Murphy. Okay. I found them on Amazon. I have not found them in a store. They're a little spendy, um, but they are gourmet fruit mix beans. And the only bad one in the bag is the apple. Really? But there's like an Aussie berry and there's peach. They're like, they're, they're a gourmet. They're natural. Yes. They're hundred percent natural. All right. It's hard to f- separate the reds because all the natural colors, most of them are red based. But there's like seven different flavors in the bag, and they're all delicious except the apple. Okay. okay. Good well, deal. Well, that is your jelly bean roundup. Thanks mm-hmm. for being on the show, Lori, and Thanks giving us the me. jelly bean lowdown. Pro. We'll be right back. Been awesome. Betty, welcome back to Weekly Dish. Thanks for joining us this Saturday. We're kind of doing a little pre-Easter show because, Pre-Easter. you know, to people, you're all, we're thinking about you're out being out there getting ready and thinking about what are you going to put on the table. If you go over to the Facebook page, uh, to the Weekly Dish Facebook page, we do have a question about what is the dish that is 100%, you know, makes your Easter. Like you have to have it every Easter. You know, because like Thanksgiving, we have turkey, obviously, but Easter's a little bit more of a, a, you know, a house of cards. So, you know what I thought we should do is I thought we should talk to a super expert about maybe something around Easter. So we are so lucky to have Mr. Rick Bayless on the line. Are you there, sir? 
I certainly am. How are you folks? So good. Thank you for joining us today. Of course, Rick Bayless is, you know, a master chef from Chicago. He's been on Top Chef Masters. He, of course, had the PBS uh, series Mexico One Plate at a Time. His restaurants, Frontera Grill, Topolobampo, are just, you know, standards for really great food and cooking. And you've been around for a long time. And what I love is that we're going to talk about deviled eggs today. (laughs) (laughs) Now, that would probably not be what you would expect me to be talking about. I know. The thing is that I I grew up in a barbecue restaurant, and one of our specialties, besides the barbecue itself, was deviled eggs. And I am kind of a deviled egg freak. I love deviled eggs, and I know a lot of people like to serve them at Easter, right? Yes, Yes, absolutely. How do you make yours? Well... So I grew up um, in a family restaurant where everything was made from scratch and we boiled eggs. I can't tell you how many eggs I have stuffed in my life because (laughs) I grew up working in that restaurant. And we would we would boil the eggs and then take the yolks out, and we always used French's mustard in oh. them. And I like that tang. Yeah. And so I've developed this recipe that's a little bit barbecue restauranty and a little bit Mexican because um, that's actually the way that I make them now. Um, and and so it's sort of like my family recipe. And then chopping up some pickled jalapenos to add to it because. Yeah. Well, the truth of the matter is that most of us like spicier food these days. And so chopping up a little pickled jalapeno to mix into that stuffing and putting it back in the eggs just, I don't know, it just, it invigorates them in a really beautiful way. And then, of course... You know, I I think that everybody likes to cook because they like to customize recipes, so... This is my customization on the classic, you know, the, the, the mustard version of a deviled egg and then to be able to put some different flavors in it if you want to. Um, and even like my daughter always <laughs> comes over and <clears throat> we get the first flowers in our garden. The first edible flowers are out there and she always wants to put the edible <laughs> flowers on, on them. <laughs> so it kind of dresses them up and makes them seem kind of They're eastery. so pretty. I don't know. It's just, I, I like it. So Do you use like a pansy or a nasturtium? Yeah, pansies are the first things. We have these little tiny Johnny Jump Ups that yes. just volunteer in our garden. And this is the time when they always start coming up. In fact, I just saw the very first ones bloom yesterday Ugh. in our backyard. So by the time that Easter rolls around, we'll have a whole lot of them. It just it makes it really fun. And because I think people think about deviled eggs at Easter because of Easter eggs. Right? Yeah. And so they think, you know, those beautiful colors that we always associate with Easter. Easter eggs and boy, those little Johnny jump ups or the little the little pansies, man, they're beautiful like that. So let me ask you about how do you have like a boiling technique? I know there's a lot of people who do the like the turn on the heat and then they let them sit. Well, that is going to be the most um, the the most reliable way to do it. It's the is the bring them up to a full boil and let them go for uh, about a minute or two. Just full boil, turn them off, and let them sit for eleven minutes. Usually, okay. Okay. So that will give you the, the thing that you don't want is that little green yes. ring around the yolk. That is the worst. It smells bad. <laughs> 
and the yolks are really overcooked at that point. Yeah. Um, the other way that you can do it um, is to, and, and this is a technique that I've been using a lot recently, and it seems to make easy peeling out of it, and that is to put them in a vegetable steamer, okay, like one of those collapsible vegetable yeah. steamers or any kind of steamer that you might have. And put the water down below it, of course, put your eggs in the top, and then steam them for 11 minutes, and then plunge them into cold water immediately thereafter. And I find that that makes them super easy to peel. That's the most reliable way that I have found. Rick, do you have an Instant Pot? I do. Have you done them in an Instant Pot? Listen, we are a little bit of an evangelist for the Instant Pot, and one of the things we well, do I is am that... Too. Yeah, and so it's I because they peel... The-, the pressure cooking makes them, you know, yeah. it kind of separates them from the shell, and they peel like a dream. Oh, my God, I'm doing that. Yeah, it's I'm, fantastic. I haven't done that yet. Oh. Okay, so how, ma- how many minutes in the Instant Pot? Well, we do, I don't know, I go on I go on low for five minutes because I like a little bit, okay. you know, that may be a little bit jammier, but I think I go low pressure, I think five minutes is and what I do. And then you let them natural release for another five minutes. Yeah. For five minutes, okay. Yep. I'm doing that. Okay, I well, if you do it do and that. you take a picture of it, you need to tweet us. And you can... <laughs> You can make like absolutely. This is so cool. You can I'm really do. Glad to learn that. You can do like yeah, two dozen it, eggs at a time. You yeah, can that's just the load best them part. up. You yeah. can load it up. Well, that's the nice thing about Instapot because it is a pressure cooker that you can get even cooking through a lot of stuff all at once. I know it's so good. Okay, now before we let you go, I want to know, like, as far as the Easter table goes, what else are you putting on your Easter table? Well, it's kind of an interesting thing because I grew up with ham because a barbecue restaurant doing ham seemed to be the right thing. But then later on, I started doing roast leg of lamb. And um, so that's been our standard for a number of years now. Um, It's just it's I usually have a lot of people around my table so I can you know serve a lot of people with a large roast leg of lamb. I like to have I like to bone it out and butterfly it so that it's kind of flat and I can then grill it. Because it's my first grilling of the season, and I'm such a crazy griller that I love to be able to do. I just do it over a really slow fire um, for uh, quite a long time. Like um, it'll take about around uh, about an hour for me to do my uh, butterfly leg of lamb. But that's one of my favorite things now to serve at Easter time. Will you serve it with a sauce then? Yes, but it changes moment by moment. So it's like I'm one of those kind of cooks that I'll say, oh, yes, you know, we just got this green garlic in from one of the farmers that we work with for our uh, our restaurant. And so I'm just going to make this beautiful sauce out of olive oil and green garlic that people can spoon on. Or other times I will because we don't have much fruit here, I'll do uh, like uh, different kinds of uh, dried fruit and I'll make a kind of chutney-like sauce oh, out nice. of it because that goes so well with the, with the lamb. You know, it's really funny because most people think of some sort of mint sauce to go with lamb, yeah, no. but I rarely, I rarely serve that, yeah, especially the sweet one. So. It's a weird thing yeah, that has sort of that mint jelly has sort of evolved from the 50s and like some people just can't let it go, but it's, yeah. Yeah. But they probably should. Yeah, they probably should. It's time. All right, Rick. Thank you so much for being here today. We really appreciate it. We look forward to your, uh, you know, photo of the Instant Pot eggs, okay? (laughs) All right. Thank you all so much. Thanks Thanks for your interest. We'll be right back. Bye-bye. Welcome back to the Weekly Dish. We are in the Ask Stephanie portion of the show, and our phone number is 651-641-1071. And we'll take your calls live on the air if you want to share your Easter dishes or your egg tips. But 
Can we just have a Can moment? We have a moment. Just a moment. To say that we just taught Rick Bayless to cook his eggs in an instant pot. What? What? Um so funny. We're kind of having a little bit of a shock. He was genuinely genuinely like surprised. Yeah. He's over there with his vegetable steamer. And then we're like, um, did you know you can do that in an instant pot? And that is thanks to you, Weekly Dish Instant Potters, the people that have joined our Facebook group. I think there's 5,200 of you. So yay you. That group is very helpful if you have an instant pot. And if you've never used it, you guys, Easter is a great time because the egg thing really works and it's easy. And if you've never broken out your instant pot, that should be the time. So 651-641-1071. If you want to call us, we have a lot of questions here that have come into the inbox. Uh, Stephanie, are you ready? Yeah. Hi, Stephs. I'm wondering if you could give me a few recommendations for a great brunch spot for two. I'm actually taking my daughter, who's 23, um, but it's also her birthday, and so we want to share the day together. We live in Maple Grove, but we'd be happy to get out to the Burbs if you can recommend a great restaurant with or without a buffet and hopefully mimosas for Shannon for Mother's Day brunch. Oh, Mother's Day brunch. Yeah, she's planning ahead. Oh, wow. Okay, well, I mean, you know, uh, where does she say Maple Grove? Yeah, but she said she would travel. Okay. You know, I guess I've been finding, I guess, Layla brunch in the, at uh, Sheraton Bloomington down 100. You could just pop yes. straight down 100. Has a lot of great uh, stuff to it. And they've been doing this thing where the brunch is sort of, it's, she said not buffet though, right? No, or, she said either. Oh, okay. Um, because, and it's sort of that different kind of buffet. It's not chafing dishes, but they kind of set out stuff. Um, I would say the butcher and the boar that we yeah, just went to was, was real a good. ton of fun and really good and and also like a little bit different in that it's not so much egg and I don't know like it was just different it had a good spice kick to it and it was good yeah the brunch was really good but I mean there's plenty of you know there's places the hotels I kind of think do huge buffet brunches and things like that you know the funny thing is Cove has a good cuff and Edina yeah. has a good one and Lake Elmo Inn take a drive. That's a long way from Maple Grove, I know, dude. But so take a drive. You're with your daughter. She's captured in the car. So you get to ask her all the uncomfortable questions that you can only ask in the car when you're driving with your children. Okay. I know she's 23, but there's still uncomfortable questions to be asked. Yeah. Uh, so that's my idea. 651-641-1071. Okay. Like um, we have a couple other. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Someone, yeah, someone just did send us an, a message that I was going to ask. Um, by the way, if you are uh, looking for, um, res- you know, obviously reservations for Easter brunch, those are still, we're going to talk about those. Yep, we're coming Things up. that are available for that kind of thing. So don't worry about that. Okay. Uh, this is a question from last weekend from Cheryl. I was just listening to the woman discussing various wines for Easter. What was the wine she mentioned? The Moscato that reminded her of Key Lime. Bubbles, less sweet. It sounded like she was saying either Forest Moscato or Force Moscato. I looked it up. It's Forest, F-O-R-I-S. And I was supposed to post all of that, and I didn't, but I have the piece of paper. I'm wandering around with it, so hopefully I'll get to that today. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Oh, I found one, and I just... Okay, hold on a second. Here's one. Um, We have Karen on the line, too, or Carrie. Oh, get to that one. Hi, Carrie. How you doing? Good. I got a comment on the Instant Pot. Please. What do you got? With uh, hard-boiled eggs, six minutes on high pressure, and just pop the thing and run it under cool water, and they'll... The shells almost fall off. Yeah. Yes. Very hopeful. Thanks oh, for calling, God, I Carrie. love that. Good job. 
Um, here's one that says, I'm going to be out in Hudson a few That's times the over the next for. month for my son's basketball games. Yeah. Where are some good spots for lunch and dinner in the area? We don't get out that way often, so we need some recommendations. And I was just wondering if it's Hudson proper or Hudson, you know, um, but there's a lot of good. I replied to this one, too, so okay. that there's um, there's uh, I just lost it. Mallory's is a great little place out there and they're on the river and they have a great um, roof deck. And so and they have great with kids like it's you can get burgers and yeah. chops and that kind of stuff. Um, and then there's uh, there's what is the. I like San Pedro. San Pedro. Cafe. That's I go. I was like, it's not parents wow, too long. We are like in a weird yeah. mind melt. It's today. San Pedro Cafe is out there too. Uh, and and the Vinza Stuba. If you want to do some fun uh, German food, kind of feels like you're in a big German, you know, a basement. I love that place, Vinza Stuba, out in Hudson. Also, Stone Tap. Stone Tap is a great uh, burger place that you can. It's kind of burger. It's kind of a regular sort of a pub. But here's the deal for the beer drinkers. They have the Wisconsin beers that you can't get across oh, the river. Yeah, those. So you can uh, get your spotted cow from you. New Glarus. You can get your uh, what's the other one that I always get the Nutrier one or something. I can't remember. Um, here is a question: I'm planning a bachelorette party that will take place in May. I need help finding a bar or restaurant that would take a reservation for 15-ish people that isn't going to charge a crazy food beverage minimum. Looking for a place in Northeast Minneapolis, North Loop, or St. Anthony Main area. We'd love to go to a place with the rooftop or fun atmosphere. FYI, this will not be a wild bachelorette party, so we don't need a wild party scene. Oh, so I guess that means the penis pops won't be broken out. There it is. So it's family friendly. Family friendly. How about? Uh, oh, no, I just, go ahead. Like a nice civilized bachelorette in one of those private rooms at the Nicollet Island um, Hotel. Would be really nice. Yeah. And they have a beautiful outdoor patio there. So right. you could start out by having like a drink outside mm-hmm. and then move it inside. And it's just, it's, they've got a lot of small, well-appointed rooms there. Do they? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 15 is sort of uh, that weird mix because like a, if you were at a 10, t- you could do a table or a couple tables together to make 10. 15 gets a little cumbersome. Yeah. So it's a little harder. Like, cause I was thinking the, uh, like the patio at Hefe or, uh-huh. you know, but honestly, Aster Cafe might do. Yeah. And they have little special areas too. Yeah, yeah, that might be kind of. And those are both sort of northeast-ish. There's, I don't. You can't really do a roof deck. I think that if you were at Aster, you kind of get the feeling of being on a patio and you know, like being on a roof, even though you're not. Um, But kind of, and it's also very relaxed and fun. I love that idea. And I think you could probably restaurant Alma has a lot of spaces in there. You know what they do? They do have a back. Well, so here's the deal with them. They have in the back. You know, they have some areas. Was it a brunch that she was looking for? I miss. I can't remember. Uh, yes, she said bar. She just said bar restaurant. Okay, because during, bachelorette party. Yeah. So, oh, so if it's an evening thing too, they have that back room that they can configure and make it. In, mm-hmm. And I've had we've had meetings. You know, we've done great magazine brainstorming meetings back there, and it's kind of walled off and separate, but also not. You know. Not like you don't feel like you're completely thrown away into a different area, but they also have the mezzanine in the actual Alma restaurant that is up top, which is great. And I would say Four Bells has lots of, they have a rooftop and they have lots of different spaces that they, they do can have configure a huge too. table in there that mm-hmm. they have uh, a room that seats 20. And it's kind of interesting. It's kind of like a little glassed in room of its own mm-hmm. on a huge table. Also Grand Cafe. I have to say that too. Oh, they have that yes. back room. I forgot about that oh, sweet back room. They have a huge awesome table in the back of Grand Cafe. And that would be great for, for like... A bachelorette for ladies. A bachelorette for pink glassware yes. and pink bubbles. So much. You should call Nikki at Grand Cafe because she handles all that good stuff.
Uh, that's a great, great, great idea. Yeah, there's a lot of, I know there's a lot of Bachelorette. Also, by the way, East Side, and that's the one where I'm thinking like, um, you know, my daughter who's getting married is uh, the thing that I was like, I don't, we're not gonna, like, I don't want to go to the Bachelorette. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, I also know that like, I have ladies and we all kind of think, well, let's just throw her like a dinner, like a night out, but yeah. like not, you know, nothing to do with weird things. So I think no I was, penis pops. Yeah, we're not we're not down for that. We're a little too classy for that. No uh, condom brooches. She can do that with her other girl with her girls. Yes. Like we're we're not going to do that. But I was thinking the East Side. That's actually what I was thinking was going to East Side and grabbing you know either the back room or commandeering a couple tables in the bar. And you're the mother of the bride, so you get to do fun little things. I think so. I think All so. right. All well, right. we've had a great first hour. Oh my gosh, what is happening in hour two? Yeah, record store day cooking and Easter brunch. We'll be right back.